Okay, welcome to Free Association. It's Monday the 14th of August, 2023. It's 10 minutes to 4 in the afternoon. And I've just put together a combination of a, a Ted Turner clip and a couple of clips of me from this morning and this afternoon. And those three things would have been a live stream on Rumble or on Locals at two o'clock, but my Wi-Fi was a little bit rubbish. So I'm putting them together in Rump in uh, Reaper. Obviously later on in the afternoon now, but this is the show that would have happened. And uh, it's related to scarcity. It's mostly about what happens when you've got a scarcity mentality, when, when limits to growth dominate your thinking and the Club of Rome and all that stuff. So the, the Ted Turner clip is first and then there's a, a conversation that a, 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 an, an analysis of a conversation that I had yesterday and then a response to it. Here we go. What's the second highest the second priority? Biggest thing is is global climate change. Okay, we've got to, and 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 for so many reasons, we've got to move off of fossil fuel. Not doing it will be catastrophic. We'll have eight degrees. We'll be eight degrees hotter in ten, not ten, but in thirty or forty years. And basically, none of the crops will grow. Most of the people will have died, and the rest of us will be cannibals. Civilization will have broken down. What the few people that are left will be living in a, in, in a failed state like Somalia or Sudan, and, and living conditions will be intolerable. The droughts will be so bad, there'll be no more corn growing. It, it will, the, the, not doing it is suicide. And then after that, we've got to, we've got to stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there were So too, what's wrong with the population? I mean, with too many people. That's, what, that's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. But they if there were less people, they'd be using less but stuff. It, Mr. Turner, um, I was wondering if you think it's a good idea to reduce 90% of the population because no. we are being overpopulated by a lot of... 90%. 80? Prince Philip said 80, sir. Um, I go with 85. I think 2 billion is about right. Right, me too. Thank One you. Exactly. One child policy. Okay, uh, let's try this again. Welcome to Free Association. It's Monday morning. It's 11 o'clock, the 14th of August, 2023. And I want to just do a quick review of, of the Saturday show and then uh, an analysis or a review of a conversation I had yesterday at Stand in the Park that I published a previous video for but the, the audio was dodgy. So I want to just repeat a little bit of that and then I'll be done. So about no more than 10 minutes this morning. All right, so the Saturday show, I was preparing for most of the week, but I couldn't make a decision as to which topic to tackle or what to do with it. So tissue salts was the, the topic I had in mind. It didn't quite turn out like that. I did have a little bit of a conversation about tissue salts, but nothing in a major way. I think that's that's for a future a future show. So what happened on Saturday was was Doc Lenny Time showed up in the chat room, 
and agreed to have a conversation with me. So I, I brought him on and we had a conversation. So my conversations with Lenny are kind of philosophically based, but with some practical stuff in there. I try and do a combination of the two. Lenny's very focused on human scale, practical stuff, but he's a philosopher as well, amongst other things. He's a, a multiple set of things, is Lenny. He's a, a, a multitude of surprises. So we had a good conversation, which I, I've already posted on the on the BitChute channel and on Odyssey. I don't know whether I posted it on Rumble yet. I'll have to check to make sure it's posted on Rumble, and then I'll post this one after it. All right, so that was Saturday. Uh, Sunday morning, I went up to stand in the park for the, the first time for about five or six weeks. And I walked into a conversation where people were talking about how to defend themselves from an invasion. And they were talking about withholding resources from migrants. So to me, all that means is that you're prepared to let people die. When I hear people talking about withholding resources, resources as food, shelter and clothing in, in my book and money. So if you're withholding those things, then inevitably people are going to be living in poverty, struggling and maybe getting sick because they don't have the right things to eat. So I reacted emotionally to the conversation and we had we had a bit of a to, to and fro going on for a few minutes, nothing major. Uh, but... Uh, what I've come to realize now that I've sat down and thought about it was the thing I was reacting to is the assumption of scarce resources. So to me, we've got enough resources. I don't see scarcity, even though I'm living in poverty. I'm not seeing scarcity. I've got enough food to eat. I've got a roof over my head and I've got clothes. So there is no scarcity to me. So when people are talking about withholding resources, what that implies is that they've made an assumption about resources being scarce. And, and I don't think resources are scarce. I think we've got a perception that resources are scarce, but I don't think the perception is accurate. And the other thing that I reacted to is the, the assumption of scarce resources is the same assumption that was made by the Council of Rome in uh, The Limits to Growth, which is a classic eugenics-based depopulation agenda. So the two things come from the same assumption, in, in my analysis of them at any rate. In this particular analysis of them, they come from the same assumption, the assumption of scarce resources. So if I'm talking to people who are in the, in the truth movement, who are protesting against depopulation agendas and 15-minute cities and digital currency and COVID vaccines and all of that, but they've made the same assumption as the eugenicists have, then that to me is, is not a good place to be. I would much rather make a different assumption 
and then test it. You're going to know if the resources become scarce, you're going to know about it because you'll be hungry. So if you're not hungry, there are no scarce resources. There is no scarcity of resources if you're still alive. So there's no reason to withhold resources from somebody else if there is no scarcity of resources. So there's no reason to withhold resources from migrants. So that's my logic. And I, I don't want to make the same assumption as the eugenicists. I don't want to argue from the position that you that eugenicists are taking. I want to argue from a different position. And that's what I'm doing. But it's uh, it's an uphill struggle because people look around and they see a scarcity. And it's a, it's a failure of perception. It's a misinterpretation to say that there's a scarcity. If you need to, you can in the summer, you can live on berries. In the winter, you, you can just plant, plant a few potatoes and live, live on potatoes if you have to. Or live on rice, rice and cooking fat, bacon or whatever. Rice and bacon, rice and so a couple of sausages here and there. Rice and a little bit of chicken, that's all you need now and again. And the rest of the time you live on potatoes. So I don't see where the problem is. But then I grew up in the 70s, so... I'm probably used to scarcity, used to a version of scarcity of resources. Uh, I perceived it as scarcity in the 70s. I don't perceive it as scarcity now. So that's the shift that's happened in me in the last 50 whatever years. 50 years, yeah. So that's that's the change that's happened in me. I don't perceive the world as a scarce set of scarce resources i perceive the world as a set of resources with no scarcity there's always a shift in technology that opens up more resources there always has been in in the entire history of the human race there has always been that so i've got no reason to think that there won't be another shift in technology at some point i would imagine fairly soon Given the amount of predictions about disclosure that are going on at the moment, I would suggest that there might be a big shift coming. And it's going to be uncomfortable for some people, but it will be a big technology shift. And we have to be prepared for it. If it's going to happen in a positive way, we have to be prepared for it. So that's my next set of things that I'm going to be thinking about, is how to prepare for a technology shift that's coming maybe in, in two or three years' time. I was watching a video, uh, which is Daryl Anka channeling Bashar last night. Very good video. And uh, he was making uh, comments about there being a, a contact event in either the end of 2026 or 2027. Now, he could be bullshitting. It's a channeling, after all, so it's very possible that he could be bullshitting. But he's a gen he seems like a genuine guy to me, and he everything that he says makes sense to me, apart from the fact that it's coming from a channeled extraterrestrial. And I've, 
I did a channeling workshop about channeling extraterrestrials 20 years ago. So I'm familiar with the process and I'm familiar with the possibility that it could be real. I'm prepared to accept that it might be real and I have to figure out how to prepare me for a contact event. Assuming that there's going to be a contact event in 2026 or 2027. So I might go back to channeling again just to see see if I can if I can do it. There's no reason why I shouldn't be able to do it, but I'll probably need to get a bit of practice in before 2026 if I'm going to do it. Anyway, that's that's me rambling for 10 minutes, Monday morning. So I shall see you again, probably later this afternoon, for some more rambling and philosophical meanderings. All right, take care. I'll see you later. Okay, excellent. <clears throat> Welcome to Free Association. This is the <clears throat> Monday afternoon briefing, or at least a small part of it. I've scheduled a live stream for about 45 minutes, 47 minutes it is, 2 o'clock my time. So I thought I'll uh, do a little bit of a, a monologue in between. So I've been thinking about the the scarcity thing, and it's, a, it's an important thing. So I can now recognize people who have a scarcity mentality without asking them any questions at all because if they're talking about migration as a major issue and restricting resources or whatever then I know immediately that they've got some kind of scarcity issue they've got some kind of fear of loss issue going on So then I've got a a few alternatives that I can offer people as ways to overcome that particular issue. One of which is in Munich, which I quite like, but it is a bit weird. Uh, It's not for everybody. Uh, Another is the Violet Flame, which is a meditation and is, is gentle, but very, very, very effective. So it's really just imagining a violet flame around you. And then it's alchemical. It's a transmutational process. So at that point, you can put anything you like into the flame. And it will be transmuted into something that's more acceptable to you or more useful to you or more uh, a higher level of thinking or a more coherent way of thinking or whatever words you want to use. So you're letting go of things that are heavy and transmuting them into something that's a bit lighter. And fear of loss and fear of scarcity amounts to survival, amounts to survival and control. So those are the things that need to be tackled in the violet flame. Coincidentally, those are the things that I would tackle with Sedona method as well, which is another thing that we could do for scarcity and 
fear of loss. So there's three different ways that I could ta- help people to tackle that. Um, once I know that the issue's there, then it's just a matter of deciding which would probably be the most appropriate. I would have to take a little bit of an educated guess as to what type of personality people have and whether they're open to transmutation or, or whether they're just open to letting go. Letting go is enough because when you let go, your, foc- your focal point shifts to a higher level. It's like a balloon going up when you let, let some of the weight off and the balloon raises up. That's effectively what the letting go process is about. So I don't know how useful that is to people, but that's just something I was thinking about. And uh, it adds to my to my live stream on Locals because I've already got 10 minutes of material and now I've got another four minutes of material to add to it. So that's always a useful thing to have. All right, I'm going to keep it short and sensible. So I shall see you again a bit later. Or maybe see you on the live stream at Locals. I'll put a link in the description.